0: Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Outdoor Update, where we take a hike through the latest news in the outdoor industry. We talk about the latest Secretary of the Interior pick, sportswear in video games, and the growing resale market for sports and outdoor goods. Yeah, this week we've got um, a variety of topics. I I wasn't really expecting a lot to be happening this week, but uh, I've kind of pulled together a few stories that I thought were interesting from a few... Uh, different corners of the outdoor industry some um you know kind of major significance and then others are are from kind of more the the uh fashion um hype beast side of things but i thought it would be relevant to the industry so let's get into it so the the first story um i actually just broke today so if you're listening to this today uh december 17th um major news coming out of the um the president-elect's office uh, the new administration um, naming a new uh, secretary and head of the interior department Um, uh, president-elect joe biden has uh, selected representative deb holland of new mexico uh, to serve in that capacity and and this pick in particular is, is really interesting um, considering um, it will be the first um, the first Native American to hold that position of secretary or uh, cabinet secretary and head of the Interior Department, um, what does this mean for the outdoor industry? Um, you know, it'll it'll be really interesting to see. We we dive into some topics at, you know in a little bit that. Um, kind of bring up the question of what does the new administration mean for the outdoor industry? I, I, hard to predict the future. Um, but in, in the last few years, um, there's, you know, obviously been a very contentious relationship, be- between certain outdoor companies um, and, and um, state and federal governments um, over public lands, how those lands are taken care of um, the role of um uh, indigenous peoples in, in, uh, deciding how those lands are, are taken care of or used. Um, so, so this pick is, is really interesting and, and extremely significant. Um, and I imagine a, a pick that a company like Patagonia is, is, is really interested in and, and enthusiastic, enthusiastic about, um, any company that, that is interested in, um, you know, having a, uh, more of a dialogue with the administration around, uh, preservation, um, of public lands um, you know as as the parks um, and, and public lands fall under under this department. So it, it'll be really interesting to see how, how this shakes out um, and and how outdoor companies respond. I know the, the last few years have, have been largely contentious um, between the interior department and the outdoor industry. Um, Well, you know, uh, companies like Patagonia and the outdoor industry, um, they've really um, focused on advocacy and and fighting for public lands. And um, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do with, um, you know, some individuals in in the White House and and, and, and different cabinet positions that are um, maybe share similar similar goals as to how public lands are are uh, taken care of and um, I mean uh, off the bat I uh, from from some of the statements here in the article that I'll link to uh, it's really clear that uh, you know there's going to be a movement away from this extraction uh, type economy um, you know like extraction happening on public lands and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but definitely something that um, the outdoor industry will uh, definitely need to be aware of along the same lines. Um, interesting article that, that came out in, in Bloomberg an interview with the new CEO of, of Patagonia uh, Ryan Gellert um, talks a lot about the future of the company, especially the, um, with with um, you know the election of, of uh, President Elect Biden and um, a change in you know major changes in the administration, what does that mean for for Patagonia? Which is um, you know as I mentioned in the previous segment, uh, been really focused on on uh, fighting for public lands and and really in a position of resistance. That's mentioned in the the article quite a bit. Um, Patagonia has been in that. Uh, Resistant position, fighting back in a lot of cases. Um, he, he talks quite a bit about where where he sees the future of the company when it comes to advocacy. Um, it, no surprise that uh, not a lot will change. Uh, you know, most likely a doubling down on those efforts, um, but uh, definitely will be interesting to see with uh, likely more collaboration um, and uh, may, more, maybe more shared goals um, when it comes to, uh, preservation of outdoor spaces, um, which is interesting. Uh, I, I you know, this, you ought to read this article, but, um, he dives into a, a lot of, a lot of different topics, um, including, um, kind of diversifying Patagonia's business, um, considering the impact of, of COVID on, on everyone. Um, you know, the layoffs that that impacted Patagonia and most of those um, those uh, employees have been welcomed back, um, you know, as as the pandemic has has rolled on. Um, but interesting to see that he he talks a lot about doubling down in a few different areas, including uh, rental of outdoor clothing. Um, reduction of waste, um, clothing resale, uh, being a really big part of the business moving into the future, um, and, and finding ways to, to appeal to, to more people, uh, across the board, um. Which Patagonia does a great, great job of, of appealing to uh, even those who, who aren't even considering going out and climbing a mountain or, or doing any strenuous outdoor, traditional outdoor activities that you might think of a Patagonia user doing. Um, so really, really interesting piece um, and interesting to see where where um, they move in the future. Along those lines, I, I thought it would be interesting along the um, talking about resale um, this is an area that, um, you know, r- really the fashion industry, sportswear has, has really, uh, adopted, um, the resale market for, for sportswear and, and sneakers in particular, um, is off the charts. Um, and I thought it would be at least be worth mentioning a company, StockX, um, a uh, luxury goods sneaker reseller uh, marketplace, uh, raised a series E funding round of $275 million. Um, well, you can read the details in the link that we include, um, in the description, but thought it would be interesting to dovetail that conversation about Patagonia, um, focusing on resale, um, with, uh, some significant investment going into the resale market on the sportswear luxury goods side of things. Um, I think you're kind of seeing some of this trickle into outdoor because of so much of the crossover happening between outdoor and streetwear and luxury goods, all the collaborations that are happening again, referencing previous episodes, the North face and Supreme coming together um, in that, that recent acquisition. So while this doesn't seem like it directly impacts um, the traditional outdoor industry, you know, resale is, is, um, is going to just continue to be a a big part of the apparel industry, the footwear industry, and and those are forces that are are definitely going to impact uh, the outdoor industry. So there's there's a huge opportunity for resale um, in the traditional outdoor industry. I mean, if you look at any apps like Mercari or 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 other um, reselling apps, you you see plenty of outdoor apparel on there. Um, but I I imagine it's a lot of um, a lot of the hype beasts and, and streetwear um, enthusiasts um, who are who are picking up you know vintage Patagonia goods or vintage North Face product um, so there's definitely something here um, you know uh, on the the repair side of things and and the resale market kind of a, a little bit of a change of pace here but thought this would be an interesting topic to bring up. Um, you know, it's, it's very specific, um, to, to, to one company, but, but I think there's some, some lessons to be learned here, but Filson, um, earlier this month announced that they are, um, launching their own American made denim, um, you know, pretty big move for a company that started in 1897, outfitting people, uh, you know, who were, who are going after the gold rush. Um. You know, a company with with a long legacy, long heritage. Um, it seems like a uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? Heritage um, and and uh, denim just seem to go go well together. Um, so interesting move on them or on their part. Um, the the reason why I wanted to bring that up is I I think it's just interesting that um, companies that you know I know that, that Filson uh, sells apparel, but but they have a lot of equipment, a lot of soft goods. I think it's interesting to see these um, traditional equipment companies uh, moving more and more towards apparel. Um, And uh, Black Diamond did something similar in the last few years and has really doubled down on creating apparel. Um, I know they came out with their own denim line um, a few years back. And I know the conversation around that um, was that apparel – Um, we treat apparel like equipment, uh, are black diamond equipment, that's the name of the, you know, the, the full name of the company, they treat apparel just as equipment, uh, just like equipment. Um, although, uh, that apparel, you know, apparel has, has much higher margin and you get, uh, you know, apparel is something that you can wear, um, to the store, um, as well as up in the mountains, whereas a piece of equipment you're only going to use maybe in certain certain situations. So interesting to see uh, more companies um, shifting resources and focus on apparel. Um, I, I I imagine that's not only because of the margin, but um, just just they can reach that many more consumers, right? And and reach people who maybe aren't the traditional outdoor user, um, but who need a good jacket or a good pair of um, denim jeans, um, whether they're an outdoor user or not, this definitely um, expands the pie for for these companies. On a completely different note, um, I wanted to bring up um, a, a recent article. Um, well, from from Hypebeast, um, they actually announced their own collaboration with um, with the new uh, a new game that just dropped called Cyberpunk. Um, and I, I just thought it was interesting that while it's not outdoor necessarily, um, this is, this is definitely a shift that we're seeing more and more, but they are creating, um, apparel, um, for the game. Um, and so you'll see characters in the game with, with pieces created by, by the company, um, I I just thought that was fascinating. We're we're seeing more and more of that all the time. Uh, I was actually interested enough. I'm, i think I'm going to dig into more of the history of of sportswear companies, outdoor companies, um, you know, streetwear companies um, using games to to put their their you know put their product into and and get more eyes on on their brands. Um, but we saw a lot of this earlier um, this year with with a game like Animal Crossing. Um, you've had whole fashion shows built in, into animal crossing with people using the custom, um, apparel, um, uh, design feature that's in there to create, uh, recreate some of their favorite brands and f- some of their favorite pieces in the real world and, and bring them into the game. Um, we even saw a previous guest of the podcast, Nicole McLaughlin. We, we talked quite a bit with her and, and she had some of her fans creating some of her upcycled pieces in the game. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know how this directly impacts um, the outdoor space, but more and more, um, I think brands are starting to recognize where people's eyeballs are and, um, and the influence that, that games like that have on people's purchasing decisions and um you know people want to to associate themselves with with brands in the real world as well as in virtual spaces as well so interesting to see how that develops and and if any outdoor brands uh traditional outdoor brands um kind of make that that leap thanks again for joining us for another outdoor update um We'll, we'll talk to you again soon, maybe next week uh, with the holidays. Maybe we'll do this earlier. Um, but hopefully these, these are insightful. Hopefully we can tease out um, things that are happening in the, in the sports and outdoor industries that are relevant and, and insightful. So thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. Subscribe and listen for more outdoor stories and content wherever podcasts are found on highlandermag.com and each Sunday at 4 p.m. on Aggie Radio 92.3 FM in Cash Valley.